0: But we don't keep his word Then we walk in the dark And the truth's not
1: Wednesday morning to you, everyone. It was a, a tad bit on the brisker side this morning, and uh, but it wasn't raining, and we will take that and enjoy it. We absolutely will, and. Uh, hopefully you had a good day yesterday. I had a very busy day yesterday. Myself was uh, here with you all in the morning and then jumped in the car and drove to Portland. I got a couple classes uh, up and going uh, down at our campus down there. And uh, uh, about noontime headed out from Portland and went north to uh, Bangor. And we had our convocation last night, had a staff meeting and uh, met with new students. And some orientation and uh, getting the school year off to a start at New England Bible College. Small little school we are, and uh, but you don't have to go very far for a Christian higher education. If you live here in Maine, uh, you can take classes and... Uh, uh, You could get a degree. You can get a a certificate in Christian ministry, or certificate in in biblical studies, or associate's degrees, a bachelor's degree, uh, master's degrees. Um, Have uh, we have all three levels available, and uh, only three hundred dollars per course versus sometimes $300 per credit hour. Most courses in most colleges are, uh, you know, three credit hours per course, so you might be paying $900 uh, minimum uh, most colleges for a course. You're only paying $300 per course at New England Bible College. So let me start to think about, uh, I mean, this is the very first week. You might still be able to sign up for classes. We had to make the decision to... uh postpone some courses. We didn't have enough people sign up for some courses, but you could still go and find out what's available if you wanted to take a course. You, you There is the option to Zoom. Uh, we do not offer online like, um, you know, take it when you want to types of courses at this point, although that is coming. Uh, we do offer uh, a Zoom option if you wanted to participate in the class. Check it out, something worth looking at. Uh, but busy day yesterday from uh, first thing in the morning, got home about 9.30 last night, and here we are again this morning, and I'm going to take us back to the passages we were looking at yesterday, we're looking at lessons from the life of Christ, and uh, not not only just his teaching, but even maybe somewhat how he went about things in his life, and that's what we're considering. Yesterday, we were in the book of Luke, and we looked at a couple verses in Luke, Luke 40. Uh, Luke 2.40 and Luke 2.52. Luke 2.40 said the child, speaking of Jesus, grew and became strong. He was uh, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Preceding verse says this. says, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. So they, they were fulfilling what was required of them and doing what was required of them. Uh, and then it picks up, and the child grew and became strong, was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was with them. And then you get down to verse 42, and it says, Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. Uh, when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. Uh, and after the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. you got to realize that there were hundreds of thousands of people who, Uh, who came to Jerusalem for this Feast of Passover. And uh, as they went to the Feast of Passover, uh, I mean, people were coming from all over Israel to go to the Feast of Passover. So, I mean, it wasn't like, it was just them in their little uh, Volkswagen or something like that. It was, you know, uh, lots and lots of people. They were probably talking to other people. They were probably um, uh, engaged in those conversations, engaged in fellowship, and that type of thing. And, and this is we know that this is when Jesus is twelve years old. Luke two forty uh, speaks about when he was uh, an infant, perhaps a toddler. And then you get down into Luke chapter 2, verse 41 and following. He is now around 12 years of old because it tells us in verse 42, when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast is over, while his parents were turning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. They were unaware of it. And, and we look at that in shock and go, how could they be so unaware? Well, he's 12 years old. They just figured he's tagging along. Uh, it says, thinking he was in their company, they traveled uh, on for a whole day, then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends again it was it was a large throng of people uh, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him and after three days means said now they've looked for three days. They found them in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Think Jesus, twelve years of age, why can we not think about kids of this age being passionately in love for God? Why Why can we not pray toward that end? We should pray toward this end. We should work toward this end. We should help Jacob and Courtney toward this end in terms of youth ministry. Uh, if you have uh, the ability to to serve and to help, I mean, there's all kinds of things you might say, I'm not proficient at working with kids, but if you are a person who can be background and see the next thing that needs to happen, uh, you you potentially could help Jacob and Courtney in their, in the youth ministry here at Veracity Chapel. That is something you could do. They need people to help set things up, tear things down, clean things up. Uh, they need people who could engage students in conversation. They need students who could run games uh, they need students who who uh they need not students they need adults sorry they need adults who um perhaps could could pray with kids things of that nature. here's Jesus very serious about things at the age of twelve and and we've kind of come to the point in culture and society uh in the modern world the post modern world where where what we do is is we think well you know um uh not until they get past their teenage years are they worth anything well that was that has not always been the case in fact the the idea of uh, teenagers not being able to hold hold their own uh, at age 13 or 14 is actually a relatively modern concept uh in the last 100 150 years prior to that kids that were working age uh, able to go to the fields went to the fields they worked they did their part You know, think Little House on the Prairie. And uh, over the last 100 years, we've made it. So, I mean, even now you see boys, men who are in their 20s who aren't able to function very well, who spend their days looking at video games and stuff like that and don't know how to work. We need to change that. We need to bring up our kids to know how to do things. And um, so I, I I, I want to encourage us, I encourage you uh, the, as you're raising kids, or if you are a kid, we do have from time to time teenagers who do listen, and I say kid, just to think, you know what, you can change the world as a 12-year-old, you can change the world as a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old. In fact, there's teaching that that uh, uh, points to the fact that perhaps many of the original disciples were in their in their teenage years. So we need to pray toward the end that young people, that that youth, would be uh, just just totally engaged. That they would be uh, uh, passionately in love with Jesus. And in fact, I've seen youth ministries over the years where where the kids push the adults out of the way because sometimes us adults we get seated in our pew and we get comfortable uh, and, and we're not pursuing the the things passionately. And sometimes teenagers do begin to. Uh, begin to uh, engage and, and they understand what, it, what it's going to take to reach their friends and they get excited about the word of God and they get excited about prayer and they get excited about ministry. And, and so sometimes we wonder why the kids are the way they are. Sometimes we look at ourselves and go, well, we're sometimes just, I'm sorry folks uh, for saying this, but sometimes we're just bumps on the log ourselves. And uh, we need to get off the log and and need to get moving for Christ. And I know it's hard to hear, but you know, you wonder where'd where'd the younger culture go? Well, they look at us. What example? Are they seeing the passion of Christ in us? Are they seeing, and and, and many of you that listen uh, in the mornings that are here live, yes, you're living the life. You're seeking to live life. You're trying to live life. So perhaps, perhaps again, I am preaching to the choir here a little bit, but when our kids see us being serious and about our own morality, sometimes what we'll do as parents is we get we start writing on our kids or our grandkids about their morality while our spirituality is suspect itself. And so, to work on our own spirituality and to work on our own confession and to work on our own profession, to work on our own theological development, to work on our own. Uh, engagement with God in worship and engagement with God in prayer and things of that nature. Here's Jesus. Uh, His parents have gone off. They've they've done the Passover uh, feast in Jerusalem. Uh, They're heading out. Jesus is left behind. Uh, They came back, and they found him, and it said, again, in the passage here, uh, after three days, verse 46, after three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions he wasn't out playing skip rocks uh out on some river or some stream out on the jordan river or something he wasn't out doing that uh, he wasn't out um you know uh making origami and floating uh airplanes uh you know uh folded airplanes off the temple mount or something like that uh, he wasn't uh um he, he wasn't doing pick a game of pickup sticks with the other kids he wasn't uh, He's 12 years old. You say, yeah, but this is Jesus. Well, yes, it was Jesus, but this is Jesus in humanity uh, and having a keen interest in spiritual things and for us to pray. that. And there are some very serious uh, teenagers uh, that I know of uh, and uh, praying that more of them be serious, but also praying that we would be serious again verse forty six when it uh, says after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking questions i i I'm not wanting to to sound boastful that that's not it at all, but when I was fifteen, when I encountered christ, uh that would have been me i i I was at church i drove my I had to figure out a way to get there. My parents weren't going to take me. We lived seven or eight miles outside of town and uh, I had to figure out how to get there at 15 years of age. So I was calling people for rides. Sometimes I was riding my bike. I would do that because I and I had to get up and I had to put in three hours of, of chores, uh, barn work uh, on a Sunday morning before I could go to Sunday school. Before I could go to church, uh, I, I had I had to take a shower because I smelled like the barn. And uh, I was 15 years of age. I wanted Jesus. Uh, in the evening, I had to do three, but, well, probably not three hours, but at least two hours of barn chores in the evening. I mean, we had 100 cows we were milking, and we had all those cows and calves we had to feed and things to clean up and, and so on and so forth. And I, I tried to get all that done so I could get off, again, go grab a shower so I didn't smell as bad like the barn. Any of you that have been farmers know what I'm talking about when I say as bad you try to get the stench off yourself, but it kind of just gets into your skin a little bit. You do smell like a, a dairy farmer when you go places. You try to hide it with musk or or uh, old spice or something like that, even even after a shower. Um, but I would out Sunday night, Wednesday night, I would get there because I wanted to be where God's people were. I wanted to be where there was worship. I wanted to be where there was prayer. I wanted to be where they was teaching. I, I wanted to be that place. Pray that our kids would be in that place and that we would be that way ourselves. Just pray that we'd be that way ourselves. Um, now it says this about Jesus in verse 47, everyone who heard him with the questions, listening to them, it says, and asking questions, the, the, uh, The fact is, he asked some pretty amazing questions. It says, uh, after three days, they found him. Everyone who heard him, verse 47, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. He asked them questions. They asked them questions. It was a back-and-forth dialogue that they were having, and uh, everyone was amazed at his understanding. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Uh, for searching for you. Now, the, some would say, well, see, Jesus was disobedient. But maybe they never said, hey, Jesus, we're leaving now. Come with us. Because he never sinned. He never disobeyed. He never, you know, he got caught up in the teaching in the in the temple. Uh, and mom and dad, not paying attention, took off without him. It really wasn't his fault. Uh, they were they were caught up in conversation. They were caught up in in, in uh, you know conversing and catching up with relatives and things like that. And then their uh, entourage leaving town just didn't notice that Jesus wasn't with him. It wasn't like he said they said Jesus, let's go, and he went. No, it's just they left, and he was still at the temple uh, asking questions and learning and growing and challenging and, and all of these things. And then verse 49, Jesus says, Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Uh, oh my, my, my. There's there's a great song. I'm not, I can't play it because of copyright laws. Uh, It's My Father's House. I'm trying to think of who did that song. It's my father's house. Uh Audio adrenaline. That was who did the song. Uh, and the lyrics to this song were were this. Read you the lyrics here. It says, "I don't know where you lay your head or where you call your home. I don't know where you eat your meals or where you talk on the phone. I don't know if you get a cook, a butler, or a maid. I don't know if you got a yard with a hammock in the shade. I don't know if you got some shelter. Say a place to hide. I don't know if you live with friends in whom you can confide. I don't know if you got a family, say a mom or dad. I don't know if you feel love at all, but I bet you wish you had. And then, and then the chorus is: Come and go with me to my father's house. Come and go with me to my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. A big, big table with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play football the big big house it's my father's house and uh it's talking about this mansion it's talking about this place that that god would prepare for us it's a re- it's a really fun song to listen to again it's audio adrenaline uh, you could look it up and listen to it. it it's it's a lot of fun to sing it's it was a youth culture song way back when i was doing youth ministry say 12 years plus 13 25 25 years ago or so. It's just a lot of fun. You can look it up, listen to it on your own. He was in his father's house. And for us to be, for for teenagers to be saying, adults, get out of my way. I'm going to be serious for Christ and live for Christ and, and make Christ the focus and make Christ the most important thing and, and don't don't buy into all the lies of culture that is out there. Now, it goes on and says this. I, I want to get to these last uh, few Verses, it says, they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then they went down to Nazareth. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Now, again, Jesus is 12 years old, and we read, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. Now, it is likely that the priests in the temple, the rabbis in the temple, the teachers in the temple may have liked Jesus at this point because he was asking all these questions. He was showing this keen spiritual interest. Um, He was engaging with them in dialogue, and they they may have just absolutely loved him at this point because he hadn't made any of his, what they would consider outlandish claims yet about being God. That would come... um, you know, about 20 years down the road before Jesus would start making those outlandish claims and he was in his you know, 30, there's some thought that Jesus may have been 32, 33, 34, 35 years of age just because of the way the, the calendar lines up. We always say he was 33 years old. Well, that, that that's a generalization. Uh, he may have been a little bit older than that, but, you know, we know it was 20, 21 years after this in Luke chapter 2 Verse 52, uh, where, where Jesus begins to make the claims about his relationship with the Father. Now, we camped on this a little bit yesterday, and I've come back to it today. Sometimes a Christian life hurts. Sometimes we have to stop and to evaluate some things and ask ourselves how we are doing in life. I mean sometimes when the Christian life doesn't work it's because we we are unwilling to do self-evaluation. Uh sometimes the Christian life doesn't work you think of money and debt you think of all these different things and and the the fact of the matter physical health, uh, mental health, emotional health uh the, the scriptures give us pr- uh, principles and precepts we're to follow you think of the book of proverbs that we work through and uh we don't apply ourselves. We we want to be prayerful, but we don't want to be workful. It's a new word, just for the record. Uh, we, we don't necessarily want to apply ourselves, but we are told in the book of James, if you remember what it says in the book of James in the first chapter, let me get this verse for you, and I will show you uh, what it says. Down at verse 19 and following, it says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. In other words, consider the situation before you get all hot and heavy and angry about stuff. It says, For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And it's true. I mean, I see days where I can be snappy in the office a little bit here and it doesn't accomplish what God wants. It doesn't bring what God's want what God wants. So, you know, a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Verse twenty one. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Then you get into uh, verse twenty two, which is where where I really was heading here. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. We we need to be doers of the word. And sometimes our Christianity does not work uh, because we are not doers of the word. We, we want to hear it, but we don't want to apply ourselves. And the the fact is we we have to apply ourselves we there there are principles there are precepts there's teaching that if we will apply to our lives we we would be wise in fact you know the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom to apply the word of god is 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 part of fearing the lord in that way now um we we have to work at it now there are some areas of life that we can evaluate. And I I want to just talk about some of these. Jesus growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Um wisdom. We talked about this just a little bit yesterday. Uh and I I talk about s- there's six areas in in the header for this broadcast, but it could be more. What about your intellectual growth? Are you growing intellectually to ask yourself uh, am i willing to to study am i willing to read am i willing to listen to podcasts am i willing to watch some youtube videos am i willing to do things to instruct me to help me grow in my godly wisdom you know and so you ask yourself you know what what books am i cur- uh, currently reading um What podcast am I currently listening to? What am I reading in the scriptures right now? Uh, What do I need to do? What approach to the scriptures do I need to take if you find yourself stuck? Uh, For me right now, it's coming back and looking at the life of Christ. Uh, I mean, there is so much scripture study that takes place for me in a week, but, but looking at the life of Christ but how is your wisdom how is your wisdom in terms of, in terms of not only growing in your knowledge but also growing uh, in the wisdom which is the application of that knowledge so we evaluate uh, you know our, our our mental health our our, uh, our academic health uh, we we look at things like that and ask ourselves how am i doing uh, in terms of my own mental development and with that, uh, and this is some coaching that we would be doing with pastors, actually. But I, I share it with you, you know, what could you do in the next thirty days to to take things up a notch? Could you find for yourself another another study that you would do? You can use your your U Bible app as an example and and find a study. I, I know that one of our uh, listeners has done that and found a study that uh, find found numerous different studies that that they will. Work through um, and there's all kinds of ways to find bible studies but but to look at um, how to uh, how to grow uh, intellectually in that way another area it says he grew in stature let's talk a little bit for a moment about uh, physical health uh, stature may be I mean, could it be character? That is one aspect. We can look and evaluate how is my character, where am I weak in character, but we can also look at our physical self, uh, and we could ask ourselves, how am I doing physically? You know, I've, I've tried to get back on the bandwagon. Uh, you know, last night we had an event at, at, uh, at our Bangor campus, and uh, they had chili, so I had a small little bit of chili because I wanted to try this young man's chili. I heard it was really good, and one of our students, and I had just a little bit. Because it had corn and stuff in it that really was not part of my diet, um, it was good. I, I opted to wrap sandwich meat and cheese and mayo and some lettuce, and, and that was good. That, that fit, but trying to get back a hold of my physical health, and I, I need to figure out how to work exercise back into this. I had something that talked about if you, you know if you want to lose weight, how, and, and it actually had a uh, a calculator. Uh, you could enter your age. You could enter your weight. You could enter your target weight, and it told you how many miles you need to walk per day if if you want to, uh, if you want to lose weight. And so it, it for me it was I need to be walking three point five miles a day to to be able to lose weight. Um, walk more than that, you lose more. You walk less than that, you lose less. And I know at the beginning of the summer, I just wasn't losing the weight, but I wasn't walking either, like I um, had walked last year. So we look at our physical health, our stature, you know. Um, now, some people are obsessed with their bodies. Some people are, are, are obsessed with how they look. And, you know, in the midst of that, there's some balance that we need to find to not be obsessed with our bodies. There are people obsessed with exercise and obsessed. In fact, they judge people based on how much exercise they do and what their workouts are, what they eat. And. You know, you talk about judgy people. Sometimes people talk about judgy Christians. I, I know some judgy gym rats who uh, are, are so so over the top into it, but where's their spiritual life? I, I see posts on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, but how are you and God? Really, honestly, how are you and God? Yet there are those of us on the other side that we don't do anything with our bodies, and we really need to. We look at our eating habits. Uh, do we lean toward healthy or unhealthy? You know, uh, there were cookies last night. I didn't touch the cookies, but they sure looked like really tasty cookies. I stayed with the food that I knew that I could eat. Now, coming home that late at night, I was sure tempted to stop at the Dice Arts, a little quick stop there uh, on 69 in Carmel, and pick something up. But I didn't. I kept, I, I passed by because I would have been tempted to maybe buy something unhealthy. You know, uh, what drives our eating habits? Uh, you know, what about other areas of ways that we take care of our body? What about sleep or rest? Uh, what about trying to build in some Sabbath time to allow our body stress? So there's that aspect of us. There's the spiritual health. You know, what What are our devotional habits like? Uh, how would God describe our prayer life? How would God describe our time in his word? Um. Uh, Describe the amount of time you spend in front of a screen, whether it's a TV, a phone, a tablet, a computer. You know, look at those types of things. Um, do you find yourself more dependent on the Holy Spirit or on your own abilities and gifting? Uh, think about how, how have you grown spiritually in the last year. You know, if you could say here are some things, that, areas I've grown in spiritually in the last year, what would they be? So we look at our spiritual health. Um, emotional health. How's our emotional health? You know, uh, what are our greatest fears? What people, circumstances, or things make you anxious? What makes you angry? Do you ever sin in your anger? You know, like violence, verbal things that say, break things, throw things, punch things, make threats, curse, profanity, aggressive behavior. We look at our emotional health and sometimes because we haven't made time for rest or we haven't made time to take care of the body, we find ourselves in a bad place in our emotional health. Sometimes it's it's we work too much. Sometimes we work too little. Sometimes we we have a sense of purposelessness in life. Uh, Sometimes we feel overwhelmed by life and work. Sometimes we feel overwhelmed. You know, and, and so to ask yourself, what habit do I need to establish in my in my emotional health to become all that uh, I could be in my stature, uh, and to establish a thirty day goal. We look at it, it, relational health. You know, describing our relationships with our with our spouse, with our children, uh, you know, it, it, describing our relational health with. Uh, believers from our church you know ask ourselves are we more surfacey or more transparent and vulnerable ask ourselves about relationships with lost people uh, in our community uh, you know could we be considered a friend of sinners um, you know ask ourselves do we have someone that we could mentor or that or whom that person that could be a mentor to us look at vocational he- health How many hours a week do we work? You know, rate yourself one being lazy, 10 being diligent. And and if you want to go over 10, go to like 12 or 15 and say, I'm overdoing it some. And uh, I I would probably honestly say, I mean, I I definitely run a 10. uh, Definitely run. And it's not always healthy. Some days I need to push back from it and uh, rest a little bit. Um, Vocational health. What about? You know, in terms of your work, what you do for your work, or are you doing it as unto the Lord? But also in terms of your service uh, within the body of Christ, what what is what skills do you bring that God would want you to use? And you ask yourself the question: You know, what do I need to work on right now? What what is a thirty day goal that I might have? Hopefully, this is all making sense to you. And we could look at our financial health and and talk about um, things like debt load. Uh, we could talk about impulse purchases. We could talk about uh, uh, you know medical expenses. We could talk about how we're discontent maybe. Uh, we could ask ourselves, are we characterized by greed or by generosity, by contentment or covetousness? Uh, are, do we faithfully give to God and his work? Are we saving for retirement? you know and and that is an area where where I look at. Personally, and go. I, I don't like where we are. Uh, in many ways, um, that in the vocational side, uh, you know, I was thinking about this this morning uh, with with one eye open, thinking, I, you know, uh, these are my days. Largely, it never ends. I, I must always be processing the the next message, the next teaching, the next sermon, the next. You know, so even when it looks like I'm idle, my brain is in full gear trying trying to understand, ro- rolling over the text and things of that nature, and sometimes needing to push back. Hence, Monday morning taking the taking the break and, uh, you know, trying to scope out and say, it, 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 what point in this fall do Wendy and I need to try to break away and get away for for a little while, if if we're able to do that. Um, and and you need to do that too, as well as for your spiritual health, for your emotional health. But then we look at our uh, uh, look look at financial health, and uh, we've never been in a place. I mean, I I will of necessity most likely have to work until I drop dead uh, because ministry hasn't necessarily provided much in the way of retirement, and uh, um, just just there's not much there, and. Uh, so we trust the Lord for our provisions. We look to the Lord for His graciousness. We trust in Him as is the Lord our provider. But yet, when we compare ourselves to other people, go there's no retirement. You know, there there is no I none of that. So that's why we're trying to learn to travel some now because there we're not looking forward to retirement. Wendy will get to retire perhaps, but uh, but that will not be in the cards for me. And that's one of the things we look at in the financial health quadrant and say, hmm. What do we need to change now if there are things? and, and, and all of this for us, and now I would talk about you, I mean, this, this has impact. If uh, you know, if, if we need to stash away more money uh, or if we need to do more to make sure that we are financially where we need to be, how does that impact ministry and in, in the life of the church? I mean, that's why I'm working partly, why I'm working a couple jobs uh, as the church, you know, pastoring the church and for the school. Partly, there is a financial consideration to that, but also just passion for ministry and pa- passion for the advancement of the kingdom. I mean, I've thought different times. I could go get a job doing something different, and I see people talking about their side gigs and how much money they work uh, make and all that type. We think about those types of things as well, just talking on the financial health side of things. But we we, we wrestle with those things. So Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And so what I've proposed to you this morning is that we evaluate our own selves. You know, we take stock of that. That's partly why, you know, we're moving. I think you, most of you know that we are moving because we need our own home. We need our own equity. We need our own place that we will live if, you know, if, if uh, even though I might continue working, I might not continue working in in a role of being a, a main leader or something, Um, You know, we need our own home, so that's why we're moving to Belmont, not that far away from where we live, uh, because we we need our own digs, and plus there's some vision of ways to use the parsonage that's here for you to evaluate physical health, mental health, uh, financial health, spiritual health, relational health, vocational health. Uh, emotional health. I think I covered six or seven different areas that we look at these areas in our life and to evaluate and say what needs to change. Uh, For me, one of the things that needs to change is I I need to figure out how to get back out into the consistent walking. Um, With the puppies, the puppies will will be leaving us uh, this week, the end of this week and into next week. We won't quite have that, that extra workload of puppies in the house that take extra time out of the day. Maybe I can get back out after the morning broadcast and and uh, uh, get back out and and take our dogs for walks, walk three six, the three to six seven miles, something like that, uh, because I need to do that for physical, spiritual, mental, emotional reasons, and maybe you do too. I would ask you, I mean, if there's one of these areas, uh, what one, and you don't have to put it in the comments, but what one of these areas is one that you really need to evaluate? Uh, What what might be an action plan? What might you do in the next 30 days to address some of these issues? And uh, so that you can become like Jesus, growing in stature, in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and men. Well, I think I've provided quite a bit for us to think about this morning already. Uh, Again, you look at verse uh, Luke 2.20, and that was in Jesus as an infant or toddler. Uh, In Luke 2.52, Jesus uh, as a 12-year-old coming up to bar mitzvah age of 13 uh, and how he grew and how if we would follow his example, we, we would take stock of our own lives and go, where do I need to grow as well in in my character, in my body, in my vocation, in my emotions, in all of these areas. Sometimes it's hard to look honestly at ourselves, but if we will, with the help of the Spirit of God, we can grow spiritually to become the people that God wants us to be. So, friends, I'm going to get you into your day. Lord, help us to walk with you today. Help us to grow up in you. Help us to be willing to evaluate some of these areas of our lives Help us to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Uh, Lord, may it not be because we are difficult, cantankerous people that we don't get along with men. If if there is a reason that we don't get along with men, may it be that we suffer for the name of Jesus, that we're persecuted for the name of Jesus. May that be the reason why uh, men uh, treat us disparagingly because we're Christians and because we're trying to live our faith. But, Lord, help us more and more and more to, to not live as hypocrites, uh, but to live as people who are fully devoted followers of Christ. In fact, humble, fully devoted followers of Christ, able to acknowledge where we, where we fall short. So, Lord, we give you our day. Help us to walk with you. Help us to be cognizant of you every step of the way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that is a wrap for today. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everyone.